Welcome back, friends. Here we are at the Worthiness Lab, bringing you the juicy content of connecting to your sexual self with sex and relationship coach and somatic sex educator, Sophia Faria. Oof, this episode was magic. (laughs) Sophia took us on a beautiful journey into some of the nuances of sexuality, wiring ourselves for pleasure, eco-sexuality, and so much more. (laughs) She gave so many practical tools, and it really felt like she was just this beautiful permission slip to love and accept the fullness of all of who we are as sexual beings, wherever we are inside that life journey. I feel so good in this moment having just recorded this episode, and I am so excited to share Sophia's wisdom with your beautiful body, mind, and soul. As I mentioned, Sophia is a sex and relationship coach. She's also a temple body artist, a yoga teacher, a consultant, and a writer. As a somatic sex educator, she supports individuals, couples, and groups on their unique sexual journeys. She's got over seven years of experience. That includes retreats, workshops, courses, one-to-one work, and all to inspire and awaken sex and vision. She co-leads the Danyasa Yoga Teacher Training, Journey into the Feminine Mysteries in Costa Rica. And, you know, she just invites us to live in pleasure. She grounds all her work in sacred sexuality and sovereignty with a science-based and deeply trauma-informed approach. And, oh, I just, you're going to love her. She believes we are here to live artfully, feeling supported and expressed in our unique journeys. And you can just really feel that in in her words and how she shares. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. Stick around at the end for how you can connect with her, work with her, and also offer some some free resources. This woman is, ooh, she's potent. She is a medicine woman, and let's just dive in. Mm, Sophia, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here on the Worthiness Lab. I knew when I met you that we were going to be friends. It's <laughs> like, I need more of this woman in my life. And for those who don't know you, I would love to hear in your words who you are and what you're all about. Thank you so much for having me and for connecting. I felt very similarly. Yeah, my name's Sophia. I'm based in Victoria, BC. I'm a somatic sex educator. I am a sex and relationship coach, and I'm also a mentor for visionaries and embodied leaders that want to create and up-level their content. The theme that runs through all of my work is how do we live, love, and lead with pleasure? Heck yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's an important one for me. And I can share more about somatic sex education, which is a lens I'll really be sharing from in our podcast today. I discovered somatic sex education about five years ago now, and it was one of the most transformative journeys I went through in my own sexuality to come home into my body, to understand the science of what's going on in my sexuality and my arousal and why I do what I do, why I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to, how can I create new pathways to pleasure and ways of being. 
somatic sex education really covers everything. <laughs> and I think that's why I, I so joyfully like signed up for my own personal journey and very quickly was in training with a dear mentor named Kevin Jesse, who really speaks about the science for sexual happiness, which I want to bring in today. I'm also have a background in sacred sexuality and have study Tantra and uh, just different approaches to honoring our sexuality across time and in ancient tradition. Um, so I'm really here to support people in their journeys to their sexual wholeness, to coming home to themselves and to really claiming who they are as sexual beings. And I imagine a world where we all get to be sexually expressed. And to me, that's full expression and feel safe in that expression. My whole body feels so good. I'm so excited. Okay, so many threads. We're definitely going to get into the how of reclaiming our sexual essence and feeling safe and all of that. Ooh, where do we want to go first? I suppose looping back at the beginning and just understanding somatic sex education from the space of understanding the science of sexual happiness. I know prior to recording this episode, you talked about or you mentioned how we can wire ourselves for pleasure. And when I read that, I was like, how do we do this? Tell me more. So maybe we could start with elaborating there. Mm, thank you. So pleasure is a practice and it's also a choice. Like we need to choose pleasure and we need to prioritize it. And I'll speak from like a cultural context where in my own personal experience where I don't even think I heard the word pleasure really in pleasure connected to my sexuality, probably until my 20s, if I'm going to be honest, and, and not even like, you know, it took me longer than that to really make the associations like this is about your pleasure. And coming from, yeah, religious upbringing, coming from just a, this larger arc of our dominant culture, pleasure has always been underprioritized and undervalued, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> and so for us to, and it's changing, at least in the circles I'm in, and like slowly I see that happening in the world. For us to choose pleasure, to prioritize it, means that we need to make space for it in our daily lives. We need to kind of like there can be room for spontaneity, but there's also that sense of devotion and commitment to our pleasure practices. So one of the practices that I learned in somatic sex education and is one of the practices, I it's a starting place when I'm working with clients. And also a starting place when I'm going into my own sexual journey. It's where you set a container. So I want to offer everyone a practice here and we can share more resources and information about it. But it's simply setting a container of time, say 20 minutes or 30 minutes. You might mark that with a timer or a playlist. Um, you can always incorporate music, which I think can be like, especially if you're a scene and setting kind of person when it comes to exploring your sexuality, that can be really supportive. And that container marks your journey. It's not about orgasm marking your journey or how many times you orgasm or don't orgasm um, or climax. It's really about 
setting yourself this time for your own practice. And then in that practice, you get to discover how you want to be touched as a sexual being by yourself. You might want to go for full genital contact or you might want to actually tune into, huh, there's so many ways I can do sex here. <laughs> How do I want to caress and incorporate my whole body? Sometimes it becomes like a movement journey. Sometimes it is about making love to your habit, which I'll explain that for a moment, is where we honor and celebrate the ways we know how to pleasure ourselves. That might feel like habitual that we might have, have done since we were like teenagers or from whenever we first discovered how to touch ourselves and what really turned us on. And then we were like, let's do that again and again and again. <laughs> So, so you might make love to your habit. And when we want to like grow in those places, we see how do we switch it up? Like, okay, maybe should I change hands? Should I change positions? Should I, you know, if I'm using porn, maybe I pause the porn for a moment or I try something else. So within this mindful erotic practice container, you just get to explore. And one of the leading questions I always offer is, what would bring more pleasure? You know, how could this feel even better? And it's an opportunity for you to discover yourself as a lover, which is to me, sexual sovereignty. And we're going to get into that even more, but like you are your greatest lover and becoming that lover to yourself can sometimes take practice or reintroduction, or um, we haven't also been taught that we're fully responsible for our sexuality and for our sexual expression. And we're, I want to say in charge is the word that comes up right now. Like we can take that full charge in the mindful erotic practice as you are choosing and creating pathways to pleasure and discovering new pathways to pleasure. You are feeding your body with all these feel-good chemicals and endorphins. And there's a, neuro, a, a neurochemistry happening here where as you continue to say yes to yourself and, and like really listen to what feels good without the pressure of partners or, or of how you think you should be performing, like that's a huge one. When we talk about worthiness and pleasure and sexuality, we can be so locked into a performance role, even with ourselves. Like, oh, I should be harder. I should be wetter. I should be this, this, and this, <laughs> right? <laughs> I should be more awake. Mm -hmm. I should be enjoying this more. <laughs> the mindful erotic practice container invites everything. It's a way where you can make love to your grief, to your sadness, to your joy, to your ecstasy, you could experience all of those at once. And there's this incredible magic, I want to say, and also like resiliency when we can bring these deeper emotions like in, and experiences, like even our shame, and we can feel those and then choose pleasure and kind of oscillate between pleasure and like connecting to pleasure and then holding space for these bigger emotions. I'm going on a wave here, but I'll just like touch on shame. Shame is something I have really uh, experienced in my own journey. I 
I believe that almost everyone who has existed as a sexual being in our culture has experienced some form of shame and potentially trauma. Just by fact of being in this dominant culture that does not value who we are as sexual beings uh, or see that or want that. And so shame is one of the things that really gets in the way of pleasure. And when we, in our pleasure practices or working with practitioners, move through our shame where we get to like name it, clear it, release it, and it happens in layers and levels at times, we automatically open up places for pleasure and we open up our capacity for pleasure. The more we go into all of those challenging emotions, those are, they're, they're holding keys to our sexual expression being freed. Mm. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. You touched on so many incredible layers and I really love that you brought through the kind of shadow side and the shame. You know, when we think about like the <laughs> evolution of sex and how <laughs> historically sex has been so almost political, like it's like man has sex with woman to gain economic wealth and status to create more children to contribute to society and just how disconnected that is from our bodies and our sense of what it is to be a sexual being. My journey through sexuality has been uh, very complex over the years and yeah, one that I'm definitely still unraveling and I can I can imagine that there's people out there who are really just like not sure where to start with the pleasure practice. And so thank you so much for giving just like a really tangible tip of like 20 minutes or less or longer, whatever feels most accessible. And when you were speaking, what was coming through for me was even just starting super mindfully with like eating a bowl of strawberries while in this pleasure practice. And if if the actual touching of your body is in some way just like you're not there yet, because that might be true and, and it might not be. I don't know. It depends. Um, but maybe we could touch back on sort of the performative nature and sex and worthiness. I know I learned everything I knew about sex from porn and I recall trying like grabbing a pillow and trying to like move my hips in a certain way being like, how do how do I do that? Is that what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> and yeah, I I want to believe that sex education is is changing and that we're talking more about safe and open sexual expression. And I know that through somatic sex education, it's very inclusive and beautiful in that way. So yeah, I'd just love to kind of dive more into sort of the performative piece and pleasure and worthiness. And yeah. Mm, thank you so much for that invitation. And and. Before I jump into the performance, I want to touch once more on the mindful erotic practice and what you said, which I think is so important and so true, is some people might not be ready for that like encounter with themselves of like a whole 20 minutes. And, and by the way, the time can be shorter or longer. So, so what do you do? And like pleasure and being with the erotic to me is so much about finding what is accessible to you in that moment. Do you want to keep all your clothing on and just like softly caress your body? Do you want to savor 
you know, we're coming into fruit season, like a really juicy peach or a bowl of uh, strawberries and just really tune in to like allowing yourself to sound like, mm, really feel that. And even that is restricted sometimes. And like, I can think of a couple of scenarios where I like, if I was at the dinner table, you know, depending who I'm in the company of where, we're just like making sound to express how much delight you are experiencing through eating and like choosing that level of embodiment isn't welcome. So I just, without going on another tangent, want to express that like the mindful erotic practice does hold this like place of where is your learning zone and all of somatic sex education holds that like, where's the place where you might be uncomfortable, but you're not unsafe and where you can meet yourself as you are. All of you is welcome. And, and to connect it to performance, this is a place where performance is off the table. You're not here to perform for anyone. And I always say, like, the goal is to let go of the goal. <laughs> so if you have a goal, you're in performance mode. <laughs> if your goal is, like, climax... <laughs> which is a beautiful goal. I don't want to like shame that goal in any way. It's a beautiful goal. But notice, is this why I'm here? Do I want a different goal or intention? Is is my, you know, to set an intention for your mindful erotic practice in any sexual encounter where it's like, what if the intention is to just listen to my body? to love my body right now, to, to stay present to a journey of pleasure, to keep choosing pleasure, not like mm -hmm. the goal of, I want it to look like X, Y, and Z. You can also set yourself a scene. I never have any absolute statement, so I'm always going to meet my, <laughs> what I share is like, I love your it. absolute goal could be like, I have a kink scene <laughs> and this is how I want it set. Right. So in, in that performance piece though, like when we're talking about being with our sexuality and our narratives, I think about also my experience of also most of my sex education came from porn. Luckily it was the day and age of the internet <laughs> And you could like download little videos and kind of learn through what you're seeing. And yet, uh, one of the things I've always recommended, and I work with people in somatic sex education, is an incredible resource for people who want to explore their relationship with pornography, whether they feel like it's challenging or healthy. I quickly, uh, w one thing I like to do is watch bloopers like you can watch porn bloopers and then you kind of get to deconstruct the performance because right? <laughs> you can tell like these are normal humans too and um that did not go the way they wanted it to <laughs> or or yeah there's there's just like a joy to being like hey this is like a movie and it's make-believe and yeah we take it in like, this is how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to have like porn star performance standards on ourselves. And I don't know if you had that experience, but I definitely did where I thought, okay, my orgasms are supposed to look and sound like this. My body's supposed to 
hold itself and act like this and look like this. And one of the big things that I'll just share here is like, and because I have this body with a vulva and a vagina, I'm supposed to be penetrated and I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. these certain like different acts. (laughs) Um, And it's all heterosexual because that's the kind of sex (laughs) pornography that was available and I've gotten to deconstruct all of that and just like uncover (laughs) how else can sex be done and like what does queer sex look like and what does sex with me look like in that performance though it's still there I can in every every time I'm being sexual I can notice okay, am I like holding, clenching my body because I'm trying to get somewhere? Am I wanting things to be complete by a certain amount of time? (laughs) Am I, um, yeah, wanting to look a certain way as I do this? And what I've discovered in myself is like true erotic expression and sexual expression is completely unfiltered. It needs space for messiness. It needs space for like absolutely letting go of what I want it to look like. Thank you so much for like bringing in the humanness to that as you as like an erotic being who's deeply involved in sexuality that you still have these thoughts that come through occasionally. And so thank you for for just saying that. It really sounds like that first step to stepping out of performance is to get awareness of what sexuality is for you and to understand your body. You say so many good things, Sophia. It's so great. I really love also that you were speaking to just like the sexual fluidity and the freeness that when we're fully surrendered to no longer thinking about what our sexuality should look like, that there's so much more space for us to be and explore in any way that feels desirable moment to moment with people or with ourselves. And I feel like this is maybe a good time to move into the pussy worship. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah, I I can jump in here with like, I love what you just said there about the sexual fluidity because, and, you know, staying in this topic of pleasure And just connecting it to like the work I've done with myself and with others is play. We need play. Mm -hmm. And when we're in a state of play, which is a state where it can play can only happen if you feel safe enough, just so beautiful. And it's spontaneous. It's not performative. It's non-productive. Although I do think play and pleasure are actually very productive, but the the intention is not that they're productive. (laughs) I think overall (laughs) they feed the greater like productivity and joy of our lives. And so, yeah, just really inviting that play and exploration and tying it to like pussy worship and also the mindful erotic practice. It's like, who are you as a sexual being? Like if you can meet that question with awe and then like touch yourself with that question and this sense of like exploration and play, like the way sometimes people only really feel when they're with a new lover. And, and actually I believe, I truly believe that that is a practice too, that you can bring into longer term partnerships and into your own self. Like I've taught workshops with women where I work with the Jade Egg, which I think is a tool of sexual sovereignty. 
I'm going to bring it to pussy pleasure and pussy worship, where you need to warm up your body basically before you're going to insert this jade egg into your vagina. And I can share more about that practice too. But you, it teaches you so much about listening to your body and then also noticing like, am I ready to be penetrated or not? And then how can I like engage and wake up those muscles and activate? Before you do any of that though, you need to warm up your body and like turn yourself on and get aroused. And I remember guiding women in this workshop of like how to touch themselves. And some one one woman shared, she's like, I'm totally flat. There's nothing when I touch myself, like compared to if a lover was going to touch me. I'm not here to compare those two. I say don't compare. Like we have our practices with ourselves and our sexual explorations like individually. And then with partners, there's partner play and there's solo play. Don't com- and group play and all the other plays, but don't compare them. <laughs> They're not here to replace each other. <laughs> um, and in that solo play, though, what if you woke up your hands for the first time? Like, you know, just inviting everyone. I'm doing this right now, like caressing my fingertips with so much aliveness and awakeness, and like really tending to these hands and the powerful sensations in them and then bringing that into my body and discovering like, who is this? How does this body want to be touched right now? Uh, What does that feel like? Or, you know, what does harder feel like? What does softer feel like? Uh, Slower, faster. And, and so I share all of that because when we go into pussy worship, like we want to be asking those questions too and understanding and like, Pussy worship is so deep and I want to like apply this for everyone, whatever your genitals might be, or you might identify them as like this applies to all genitals. Uh, I can include penises and everything in between. It starts with having that intention with yourself of wanting to connect, of wanting to witness yourself, to celebrate yourself. And it involves a mirror. Uh, So you kind of gaze at yourself looking through like, and I was just doing this practice because I was going to (laughs) share. So I was like, well, let's see what this practice (laughs) feels like right now as I do it. Um, And a lot of people have never actually looked at their genitals with a mirror. And that is profound, deep, scary, joyful, surprising, like it's, it can be all the things. So, you know, take your own adventure in that process, but really inviting you to get like, um, a handheld mirror or a full length mirror that you can just like sit and lay in front of and take in, I'm going to apply this to pussy again, but like honoring all genitals here, take in your pussy and look and see and, um, express things you physically love. Like what are some of the characteristics that you love about your genitals? And then taking in time to thank your genitals. Like what are the things you're so grateful for that your genitals have offered you? And taking time to listen, like what are the messages that your genitals have for you? And like, as I was listening today to my pussy, it was like, I just want to be loved. I want more pleasure. I want more touch. 
like, but really like, just love me. And, and that's so huge because again, like connecting to performance and porn and body image, which is so connected to worthiness and pleasure. I'm probably going to go there for a moment, but like, there's been so much messaging of like, your genitals have to look a certain way and they have to be a certain way. And what's amazing to realize and recognize is that our genitals are as unique as our faces. Like they are like a really healing practice can be just looking at so many different images of vulvas, of vaginas, of penises, of like anuses, of all the different sort of genitals that we have and recognizing like that they're all so unique and they're all beautiful. So that can come into one of these worship practices and to speak about like the whole body. Cause if you're in a full length mirror, what I noticed, I was like, Oh, Hey there, whole body. <laughs> and I want to share about this like really poignant moment I had in my own sexual journey. Um, because I've had a really huge journey with body image and I'll, sh I'll share quickly. Like I was an overweight child. Like, so my journey began at a young age and I saw how much like my worth was connected to my body and its appearance and then how that's going to translate to you being naked and a sexual being. And there was just a moment I had in my own journey where I was like, I can't let this get in the way. This is non-negotiable. I am not going to let how I feel about my body image in a certain moment to guide how I'm going to experience myself as a sexual being or how I'm going to connect with a partner. And that's again, a choice. Like I will have moments in my sexual journey where, and as my body evolves and changes and all the things where I have to choose that again, but there was so much power that wanted to be gathered there in saying, you know what? I love my body. I accept my body as it is. And I want to make sure it feels good. I'm committed to doing the things that make me feel energized, that make me feel good. There's sexual happiness, which includes exercise and nutrition and sleep and, you know, positive talk and all these ways we can engage with ourselves. And then there's sexual unhappiness, which you can imagine can include addictions and you know maybe a little bit too much alcohol not enough good food not enough exercise like it kind of always comes to the basics on some level but when I'm choosing sexual happiness and I feel good internally in my body I'm also choosing to feel good about how my body's presenting and how it wants to be and not letting that insecurity get in the way of my pleasure <laughs> So that's a huge one, and that can come through in pussy worship. Again, I'm just taking you on these waves here. So, Thank you so much for sharing some of your personal journey. And I know that so many of us just being humans in this human experience struggle with body image. And I'm so curious, like just in, in kind of circling back to like that moment, you said it was more of just a time where you really stepped into that that sexually sovereign place of like, I will not be run by this. And I'm curious about what was kind of going on in your life that 
supported you in being able to kind of make that bold decision? I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit more than just a decision as, as they always are, but yeah, (laughs) it just, yeah, kind of wanted feeling called to dive in a little bit to the body image piece. Um, cause that has a big, big link to worthiness. So thank you so much for riding us there on that wave. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and it's not a story I always share. So I'm, I am really happy to share it and articulate it. So I call myself a sexual researcher and explorer. Like I, I am here for the research <laughs> and I'm always learning and taking in experiences. And it was a culmination of things of understanding like turn-ons and turn-offs and actually that like, how do we turn ourselves off and how do we turn off partners and going into negative body image is a full on turn off. None of me is available for a juicy sexual experience. If I'm up in my head thinking about my belly other than I love my belly. (laughs) But if I'm thinking about like, oh my gosh, like my belly's sticking out or like uh, my thighs, any of those pieces that would come up for me. So I realized I was like, I'm turning myself off. And it's also a turnoff to a partner I might be with in the sense of one, if I'm turned off, they're going to feel that that's going to come through. Like when you choose to be turned on and juicy, like in inside and like do the practices, do your mindful erotic practice, do the things that, you know, eat the fruit, whatever needs to bring you turn on in that moment. When you're following that, that just ripples out whether or not you're saying it. Uh, so, so there was a choice there of being like, okay, am I going to feed my turnoffs and then also let that ripple into turnoffs for partners. Uh, And then there was a moment where there was this acceptance around my body and bodies, you know, and we're going to talk about like earth too and eco-sexuality, but like the body is always changing to think that the body, and this comes to performance too, to think that the body is going to look and act and be the exact same day, like even between the morning and night, and then between each day, between each week, as we are all cyclical beings, to think that the body isn't constantly changing is, (laughs) it's for me, it's just, yeah, it's a fact. And it's part of embracing sexuality. Like what felt good three days ago what was my juiciest turn on might actually be like, Oh, like too sensitive. Don't go there. Like no way. (laughs) So there was this like sort of like coming into right relationship with the fact that my body is always changing. And then applying that to if my body is always changing and also thinking about aging and, you know, we're so given this like really rigid body image that's a certain age and a certain certain everything. I don't have to go into that right now. But if I'm not choosing to love my body right now as it is, I only saw the journey getting harder. And I I'll share where that came from. I think I I was in a moment with a woman who was older than me, like maybe 20 years older. And I heard her negative self-talk out loud about her body. 
And it was just this mere reflection. I was like, this never ends. Like if you continue to feed negative self body talk. And I actually, you know, in that moment was like, this woman's so beautiful. Like that was really hard to take in because I was like, this woman's really beautiful. And there's so many forms of beauty. Like there are genitals. Like, <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. it was just like all these moments clicking together for, and it came as an awareness, which you were mentioning. And that is like the first step. But then there are choices. There are supports. Like I've definitely had therapy support me on my journey. I've gotten my own work with somatic sex educators. So like seeking out, I've, ta- I've had open, heartfelt conversations with friends and safe people to be like, oh, I'm not alone in this. And I, I'm sharing this hopefully and like offering that message of you're not alone in this. And there, there can be support. Support is wanting you to reach out. And then, and, and then there's an active piece of what I mentioned, the sexual happiness piece, like choosing things where I know I feel good, like really being in this right relationship with my body where I'm like, okay, if I do this, I might not feel so good and maybe I'll still do it, but I'm also like really consciously <laughs> negotiating with myself doesn't mean negative body talk's going to happen. You chose this <laughs> or vice versa, mm-hmm. like really celebrating every moment. Like even when you make sure you're well hydrated, <laughs> which can be harder to do on certain days, celebrating those moments where you've been like good to your body and taking care of your body and knowing that because the body always change, the body is always changing there's so much capacity for forgiveness and healing, even in my own journey of like fluctuating in different weights. And like, I could just see that like your body can, will change and adapt and shape. So it's like never a lost. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing is lost here. And I just, yeah, the sooner I got to choose, Hey, I'm not going to let this be one of the battles or I'm going to really care about this relationship and tend to this relationship. There was just so much to gain. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Let's hydrate ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel so good in my body just listening to you. And it is really in, in the worthiness journey. It is just those little micro moments. So thank you. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to dive into ecosexuality. Amazing. There's so much here. Yeah, so ecosexuality encompasses so much for me. It really has been like part of an identity I've gotten to reclaim. It's been such an incredible part of my journey and pleasure and in feeling connected to all of life. It is a movement and the term was coined by uh, Annie Sprinkles and her partner and their sex educators and it was really like this way of claiming earth as lover above and beyond mother earth like we've always had this relationship of like mama Gaia and mother earth and this kind of like you know, earth being this all giving, all providing being. 
to me. <laughs> um, but actually, Earth being a lover, and how do we relate with Earth as a lover? And a relationship that requires reciprocity, that requires a lot of care, that requires courtship, that is arousing, <laughs> that is, you know, in celebration of the erotic flowers. There's so many flowers in bloom right now. And flowers are sexual organs. They are the sexual organs of plants. Like just to take that in for a moment. And even when I look at flowers and fungi and like, there is so much eroticism in nature. It's kind of uncontainable. <laughs> like you really look, you start to see like penises and vulvas and like everything in between. <laughs> um, so, so like there's this like invitation and permission to relate with the earth in a new way and there's also space for grief and there's space for transmutation and transformation as you're sharing and we're in a time right now where old growth trees which are like the wisest most beautiful beings are being threatened and it, it almost seems it feels ridiculous in my body <laughs> and my mind and it and it brings a lot of hurt and grief. And, and so there's a capacity there to connect so deeply to the earth and to show your honoring and your care and your lovership. And like part of the eco-sexuality movement has included people marrying themselves to trees. There were, there's this really famous story of these women dressed up as brides tied to trees in Mexico, protecting mm. these trees and just acknowledging that in every, every plant, like even I, I like to get creative because some people don't live in vast amounts of nature where you can just frolic and go into private space and skinny dip and like, you know, make love outdoors uh, with like a full view of a blue sky and trees like that's included. But you can also explore eco-sexuality in safe inner ways where you just connect to the plants in your home, where you buy yourself this like beautiful bouquet of flowers and just like allow that to be part of your juicy turn on. You can even like take a flower and kind of just like caress and explore your body with it. Like there's, it's endless. It's very creative. It Ecosexuality means so many things to so many different people. So I'm, I'm really just sharing my take on it. And one, th one connection I really made was how elemental our sexuality is. And that when I connected to the elements, that was actually what woke me up. It was an essential key in my journey of sexual sovereignty and in my journey of pleasure and in claiming who I am as a sexual being. The earth was and nature was my greatest lover and is my greatest lover. You know, there's a lot of greatest, greatest lovers over here, but I just had these moments, like even on a paddleboard once where I was just sitting on a paddleboard on really still water and I was just rocking and getting to explore water under me and in my hips and really feeling that. Or I had another moment like on grass where I just got to be naked and like 
crawl and explore and play and feel this like primal energy wanting to come through. Another way we can like connect with our elemental sexuality is through our breath. And we can play with, and I know you're a, a breathwork practitioner. So it's like, you know, these different types of breath where it's like a fiery breath, like a, like you get to like explore that in your sexuality or just the really like cooling, like slow sipping breath, kind of watery and flowy or wave-like or that like earth grounded, like almost still breath or, it, and, and air itself is, an element of breath like it's just this like full exploration so I really got to feel how my connection to my breath and I'll say this is like a somatic sex education piece too your sounds your breath and your movement are welcome and they're they're critical to like accessing your full sexual expression yes (laughs) I'm feeling your yeses <laughs> just over here nodding just yes please more please <laughs> oh that's so potent i'm positive everyone listening to this will just be feeling all sorts of pleasure in their body listening to you speaking about just that primal desire to connect to the elements and thank you so much i want to be really mindful of your time um but was there anything else that you really felt called to speak to before we move into some closing thoughts and finding out where people can find you and i also want to dabble in some resources I want to know where to watch porn bloopers. <laughs> well, we, why don't we, let's talk about porn for one more moment because it's such an important topic. And I do think it's like so interlinked with worthiness and pleasure and, and just to acknowledge a lot of people have relationships with pornography and there can be a lot of shame and judgment around that. And there's space for new narratives of like, this can be a beautiful tool for you. And you can be in right relationship with this sort of tool. And just to celebrate, like, if this is part of your turn on and the erotic for you, you can welcome that in. And there's a mindful masturbation practices too. And like mindful porn consumption that's possible and really one thing I support the clients with is finding the the right relationship where how do you become embodied in um, your relationship with porn and one practice uh, which is taught by Joseph Kramer who is one of the leading creators, founders of somatic sex education and sexological bodywork. He established this in the 80s just to speak to roots in response to the AIDS crisis. So there's just so much there. And he worked a lot with offering men um, and gay men safe places to explore their sexuality and offered a lot of responses to how to work with pornography and porn addiction. And the main practice, like the crux of the practice is to, if you're consuming porn, switch up what you might be doing. Like if you always consume it in a certain position, maybe change your position, like say you're sitting, try standing and watch a little bit, like a few minutes and then pause it 
and close your eyes or do something that brings you into your body. Breathe into your body. Feel your body. Bring those images in and, and then like play with your own arousal. Like feel the distinction of you, you as a sexual being and like the porn. And so, so there's like different ways to play with that. And, and if you are in a place where either you're judging, uh, perhaps you have a partner where you're like, oh, I don't really like feel good about their, like their usage of porn or like, you know, notice if you're kind of in a place where you might be shaming that and just check it out and like uncover your needs and uncover what their needs are and what needs to be communicated. Or if you're in a position where you're not happy about your relationship with porn, again, not to shame it, like find the place of like, how can you honor and accept that this has been part of your arousal and your erotic journey? And you can evolve that relationship. Um, you can get support in that. There's definitely like a, a lot of resources and practitioners out there that specialize in it. But really, it's like there's this overarching message of our sexuality that like our sexuality is ours and we get to shape that experience and we can change it and we can rewrite it and we can create new pathways and we can hold the hurt and the wounds and the traumas and we can like transform it into gold is what I believe. Mm. Like with, with all the support, <laughs> you do not have to do this journey mm -hmm. on your own, which is, I think what a lot of people think, cause it's like sex, like, who are you going to talk to about sex mm -hmm. and <laughs> how on earth are you going to share this? So that's why I believe like things like somatic sex education exist and why we're having these kinds of conversations. So we can like lay it out. Cause it's, to me, there's so much of our power, of our life force, of our connection to life, our connection to spirit and sacred. There's just so much there. And each person gets to craft that for themselves. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And there's, you know, I love the piece of just getting support and knowing that you're not alone. Because when we're trying to figure out sexuality from this neck up experience where we're in our head and we're concerned about why do I like watching this on porn or we're judging ourselves or feeding into the shame of the experience versus opening up that awareness, getting into our body, maybe seeking support and realizing that there's actually a quite a large community of really sex positive humans in this world. And there's really good resources online for understanding. I don't know what the test is, but like your kink profile and just getting to know that how you, what you feel and your sexuality is all normal, even if it doesn't feel normal because it's not in that sort of binary box of what we're taught quote unquote normal is so thank you yeah I just feel like you're this epic permission slip oh thank you and you know that worthiness to like just really to know that like we deserve support and we deserve pleasure like that's part of the like the journey of worthiness like knowing you're worth it Whatever challenges you've experienced or stories you have had or beliefs um, that you hold to, to bring in the like notice if there's a belief that's like, no, I can't get help or like no one can help me or I have to do this on my own or 
whatever the story might be or the block, the challenge to meet that with, I deserve this. I deserve to feel fully expressed in my sexuality. I am worthy of that. And it's a lifelong journey. I've worked with people in their 60s. I've I've met people in their 60s and older that are having the best sex of their lives yet. So I just really want to claim like, yeah, to share that because that was so inspiring and like part of the joy of being in my work, but just to deconstruct the stories of like sexuality over our life stages, each journey is unique and there is so much more possible. So I always want people to like feel into the possibility. What, what would my life be like? if I didn't hold on to that story, or if I just like explored my kink, or if I go down the rabbit hole of like my sexual desires (laughs) and really get to explore that and name that. And And how fun (laughs) and so different from the narrative of like, oh, you're going to dry up after 35 (laughs) or whatever the Uh gross story is. Yeah. Or this (laughs) idea like you are in your prime. Again, performance. Let's check out the performance narrative just Mm -hmm. to circle it back. But also I, I just go through the process of like, is that helpful to me in my journey as a sexual being? Yes or no. Does that create more possibility expansion in space? Or am I feeling contracted in my body and my thoughts in my like, you know, pressure limitations. And, and sometimes that's just the, the judgment point, like the filter for me of, okay, was that supportive? Do I feel more alive or do I feel like not? <laughs> and then how do I take those choices that lead me in that direction of, of what feels good? That's such a good anchor into choosing pleasure. What does pleasure feel like in my body? Ah, it's so good. For those who maybe don't have the financial resources to seek support, but that want support in this area, do you have any recommendations for, yeah, just getting to know ourselves as sexual beings, connecting to our bodies, or maybe diving a little bit into somatic sex education? I'm sure there's books and podcasts and all sorts of goodies out there. Definitely. And I appreciate that question so much. To share for the one-on-one support, there are a lot of practitioners, myself included, that are very committed to accessibility. So whether or not, you know, if you come across a practitioner's website and you're like, there's no way I could afford that, or like, that's just, you know, way out of my learning zone, because part of your learning zone is like, does this feel you know, sustainable uh, in in your journey because you don't want to work in your sexuality if you feel financial pressure. That doesn't, you could feel maybe a little bit or feel like, okay, I'm taking a leap. I'm investing in this thing where I haven't been able to. But if you're like, okay, now I'm deciding between like, you know, getting my essentials covered versus getting support reach out and share because there are a lot of accessible options. Yeah, there's a there's a whole system in people that have had access to support in their sexuality and that haven't. There's a system of privilege and there's a system of people that have had a lot of barriers. So I want to acknowledge that and I know a lot of practitioners strive to support those people that have experienced more barriers to getting support in their sexuality and prioritizing that. There are so many 
goodies that are available also for people that aren't sure if they want to do one-on-one that can be a lot like intimidating uh (laughs) many different things can come up before you're like "Ah, i'm gonna actually share my story with someone and try to get help so the solo journey options are very recommended too or you know kind of connecting more to community there's on youtube so many sex educators, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I will be, share really in-depth, rich content for free. And uh, we can like link that in the podcast link too. But even just inviting you to do a share on videos of sex educators and also of certain topics that you're looking at from like exploring uh, sexual orientation, gender identity to like pussy massage 101, to, like all the topics are there online. So you can kind of be like a self-guided learner in that. I really recommend the work of my mentor, Kevin Jesse, and their book, The Science for Sexual Happiness, which we'll put a, we can put a link. And that's a really trauma-informed approach. And again, can be done as a solo journey, experiential uh, workbook to learn about yourself and your sexuality and work through traumas and like understand like what happened in your brain? How does that work as you go through that journey? Yeah, well, think about more links, but really just to share that there there is so much online and for free. So really take advantage of that and like start there. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I will link some videos and a few that book as well in the show notes so people can pop in and have access to that really quickly. And where can we find you if we want more of you? I want to work with you. Yeah, tell us more. So and in my practice right now, I am working one-on-one with people. So you can definitely find me. I work with everyone, individuals of all identities, gender and sexual identities, as well as uh, couples. So that's a really joyful part of my work to support the relational aspects of people. And I do facilitate groups and have had so many joyful like retreats and workshops. Those will come there. There's nothing planned yet, but that will be emerging again. And I have a website, which is soulfoodsex.com and a personal branding website coming out called sophiaparia.com. So either way, you can find me through one of those outlets um, and we can share that in the, the notes. But I'm available. I would love to if if you're touched by this podcast or want to know more and connect, like please reach out and send me an email. Mm. Yeah, I really recommend just just being in your energy instantly felt like such a warm hug. Like there was something really gentle and open and inviting to just your whole aura. I am certain that you bring that into your client relationships as well. So just thank you for being the knowledgeable, open, vulnerable, beautiful human that you are. I feel ecstatic about this episode. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And thank you for, yes, Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. And it's such a pleasure to connect with you. I love what's being created here. Like every episode is so juicy. (laughs) I'm enjoying the worthiness lab. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. If you did, I would love if you could leave a review and just let us know how you're liking the worthiness lab. <laughs> I really encourage you to to reach out to Sophia if it feels aligned. Her energy just feels so good and I know that her knowledge and her skill and just her like presence and being in this work is so 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 potent. And like we mentioned, you'll be able to find all of the uh, links to her recommendations. I'll also put in sort of the different practices that she touched on in the show notes. So feel free to check that out at www.kyrawhite.com slash podcast. Until next time, have a beautiful day wherever you find yourself and I will talk to you soon.